All right, welcome to the Eric Lang Show. Today's special guest, Dana. Dana, uh, one of the funny things that we've never talked about this actually. Right. You're uh, uh, a very famous swing coach. Swing well, coach? Famous, I don't know. What, Maybe I mean, locally. <laughs> I got to take my glove off. We just had a lesson. Yeah. You. Uh, it's funny because it, people think you're not, they, they think Dana, they hear, they think you're a woman. No, I mean, I've had it. I've had it. It's, I've, we've never talked about it. Yeah, true, true, true. And and but your name from birth was Dana. Yeah. Did you? Was that like annoying? Um, so I, luckily, I live in Southern California, so we have this, um, you know, town called Dana Point, named right. after the Spanish explorer. So that just threw a lot of masculinity towards the name. Because <laughs> you are like when I describe you, I the, the word masculinity comes in hot. Like you're. you're <laughs> You're a terribly masculine dude. So, but just to give people a little background, you've worked with Charles Howell III, Grant Waite, uh, a long list of others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to name a few that I've forgotten? Um, well, currently, right now, uh, Eric Axley, you know, Brad Fax, and Tommy Armour III here and there. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, there's there's a bunch of you know pretty known players, but right. all good guys. And I mean, I, I think of that job, and it just stresses me out. It can be, yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a component outside of the challenge of just teaching and saying, well, this is what needs to be done. And there's a, you know, there's personalities and there's, um, you know, it's their job, their profession. So they have to, um, you know, just like you and I would go to work, we have a project. We 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 have to kind of take into account that we're actually kind of messing with their project a little bit if we get into the instruction. <laughs> so I'm like stirring the pot, you know, and I and. Um, we just hope, cross our fingers, that that pot goes in the right direction. And how often are you like, there must be many times throughout each lesson where you're like, what do I say? Like, or or now is it just natural? Well, so. What don't I say? Yeah, there's, you know, and and that's a tough one because when you get into, and and I don't know if this really necessarily relates to the average guy, but um, to to these guys, you know, they. Most of listeners to the podcast are average guys. Yeah, so, so. (laughs) You know, they kind of, you know, we're all creatures of habits and we're human beings, number one. And so if I interject anything within that, it there's a there's a possibility of they gravitate to it and they like it or they just go, you know what, I, I that stresses me out because um, I didn't feed the cat this morning or w- whatever <laughs> it was. Uh, but that's part of it. So uh, I think the easiest part for me is this on the technical and that tends to be my my gist but um knowing when to do it is another thing and that's uh, that's kind of a a, a lifelong developmental skill set i don't think that you're ever going to get the right answer there's always going to be trial and error and that's part of human nature so um you just have to um go through that experience and right. take it on the chin when it comes you right. know because it's going to happen and then when you're like um, when, when you're when you're working with someone and they're not getting it, mm-hmm. what do you do then? Um, so typically, guys, and this is actually an interesting scenario. So if somebody's not understanding, um, you have to change what you say. Now that doesn't mean you're changing the information. Um, you have to develop a different dialogue and take it down a different road. Um, now that. Typically, to most people, might mean uh, change the subject matter, but you can't do that. Um, if a player comes in and they have an issue, like you know they're slicing the golf ball, um, you could go down the road of explaining why the ball slices, and they might 
understand or that might be a, a visual thing. You change how they perceive it visually um, and or create a different scenario. And any of those three, and you can go down the track on that, if you just create... Um, so good example, and, and you know, you've played a lot of golf, and so you've kind of seen this. And it, it, let's say you... you and this is this is going back to old school for a minute. So, um, like a Bob Toskyism. Right. If you put a guy behind a tree and he's a good player, he develops a feel relating to that shot, and he will produce the shot kind of existentially. Like that's just kind of in his nature. So if if a player, a good player, a good player, yeah, with a lot of experience. Correct. So if you kind of you know take a, a developmental player, somebody who who doesn't understand, and you give them you know, like the left brain side of things, like explain it out, they still might be clueless. You got to develop some feel around that and then develop a picture. And you want them to paint that picture. The better right. they get at painting a picture, the more fluid everything gets. And that's what we're trying to get to. We want a fluid, dynamic golf swing. It's not connect the dots. It's so interesting because hearing that now reflecting back on, we're outside right now, we're at El Dorado Golf yeah. Course. Yeah. Golf Course? Yeah. Golf Course. Yeah. In Long Beach. And uh, the birds are chirping. And, um, you know, I'm reflecting on just, we just spent a few minutes mm -hmm. on my swing mm -hmm. and the use of visuals in your time with a student mm -hmm. is, uh, I mean, you just learn so much more so much quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're, you're trying to like stimulate different things. So there's obviously the video concept of it, right? So we do a before and after. Um, but I think, you know, in golf, is kind of in an interesting place in, in time when we look in the instruction industry is there's this polarizing situation where, you know, you take a snapshot of a picture of a swing and you say, well, that's where you need to be. Well, you, you, you didn't do the whole picture. You're just taking something out of time and space. That doesn't happen. I mean, the ball, you don't just take a picture of the ball flying at 250 and, oh, there it is. Yeah. It's the whole thing. And the golf swing's the same way. So, you know, you, you, you try to develop a roadmap. You try to develop... Um, you know, an expressive way of saying that this whole movement of the, your pattern is working together and it's not just one time in space. And I think that's where um, a lot of guys kind of miss the boat. Now, and even in developing instruction, I mean, myself included, when, you know, I was younger teaching, I, you know, you fall in love with position orientation. But over time, you start seeing the sequence of the whole thing. Position orientation, you mean like, I want to be here at setup. Yeah. Yeah. Here at the top. Yeah. And you're not really seeing that even in setup you're moving. Right. So Alex Moran's a good example. You've seen Alex. Like he gets in there and he kind of moves before he hits. Like he's, yeah. he's creating momentum to power his swing. So you take that out of there, it's no longer Alex Moran's swing. Right. So. Do you think that within a silhouette of a golf swing you could identify what percentage of PGA Tour golfers? Oh, pretty much all of them. That's so badass. Yeah. We yeah. should do that sometime. It would be interesting, right? I mean. I tell people, a good example, if somebody's walking 300 yards down the range, I know who you are. Whoa. Right? Because you can. You Just can, the way they walk. The way they walk. I can do probably 10. Okay. Freddie Couples, <laughs> Phil, Jordan, yep. Rory. Yep. Yeah, I could do. I could maybe do 25. Yeah. Hideki would be probably pretty easy. Yeah. Hideki swing. What yeah. About, what do you think? Um... As far as what? As far as the overall swing itself, the, or just the pause at the top? Yeah. So it's there's there's pluses and minuses to everything you do. So Hideki, you know, has that pause, but he creates like this. Um, it gives him like a different. Well, we'll call it different kinetic movement. If we're getting down to the the sciencey you area are, things, you are incredibly smart. Did you well, take your SATs? No, no, I didn't actually. I, oh, I wrote fuck. my name. Yeah, wrote my name. What do you mean? You you dropped out? 
Um, yeah, so I was at Long Beach State for okay. a couple of years, and then yeah, and you're like I'm out. Yeah, but you, your, 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 your mathematical brain is is beyond most. Well, in some regards, I would say more down the geometry side of things. Right. Um, right. You know, you know, I, I, my brain wants to see what's useful and then throw out the rest. Okay. If that kind of makes sense. So, it, and it's actually, believe it or not, the older I get, the less important some things are. You know? In terms of, um, you know, what you're looking at in golf wise. You're like, oh, you know, that's really not that important. There's something like I what? That, like I held dear. Um, you know, I think like, like good example is putting, right? That's a perfect example. So, you know, you ha- I have some friends on the, the tour that are unbelievable putters, and they break the mold. You're like, well, wait a minute, I held that in high regard before, and he's not doing it. Right. Right. And and you know, your work, you you know, you've done a lot of work with Jason Day and all these other guys. I mean, like Jason's like this outlier. In and his he, putting stroke. Yeah. And he, he puts beautifully. He makes all these magnificent clutch when when need to shots. Right. And these great putters do the same thing. And you have to kind of see. Because what, even Jack, when you go back in time. Yeah. It was unorthodox. Nobody puts like Jack anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're 60. Yeah. Um, wait, so going back to Hideki's kinetic movement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so he goes to the top and he has this pause, but that encourages his body to want to rotate. So if you have a situation where your sequence isn't right from the top, like you start down with, let's say, you pull your arms down or something like that, that you pausing at the top encourages your body to want to turn. Okay. And kind of leave the arms up. So, because most PGA Tour players, even though we don't see it, do pause at the top. There is a change of direction. Yeah. Okay. And that's kind of happening when the lead arm is halfway back. The body's starting to move the other direction. Right. Yeah. So, and, you know... It's kind of like a snowflake. You know, I try to tell people this. Um, My swing is like a snowflake? It's a snowflake, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unique? It's, well, it is, and it's and it's in a dry Southern California environment. So, <laughs> um, so it's going to melt pretty quick. <laughs> um, the I didn't say that. <laughs> um, so so it's, what's very interesting is, like, we... I think another thing that the industry looks at is we're trying to find... Um, we're trying to, you know, I wouldn't say... I'll say it a little bit broadly here. Um, they're trying to package it. They're trying to package a swing. And, and we're coming to realize, and most of us are trying to, to, to realize that that's not the case, right? So we're all very different. There are similarities. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's, there, and is there preferences? Uh, highly. There's a lot of preferences. Um, but what really matters? So when when we do look at these guys hit, you know hit the golf ball um they're generally in their change of direction and what they do on the ground is totally different so uh, one guy might have a particular trace that moves his pressure one way one guy moves it another way so there are some commonalities but they're all different interesting yeah and they're different per shot you know what they're trying to do i mean but i guess if you get fundamental enough simple enough mm-hmm. it's all the same it's all just yeah. it's all just face angle ball position club path yeah yeah. And so once you once you zoom out from that, anyone can build a story with their mechanics from takeaway top for of the sure. swing. For sure, that's that's. Uh, I mean, I guess Furyk is one of my favorite examples mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Do you look at his swing and I see uh, terror or beauty? No, uh, he's awesome. He's absolutely. It's a beautiful swing. So, um, especially like halfway down and through the golf ball, it's phenomenal. Like what he does. If if he came into you at eight mm-hmm. with that swing, mm-hmm. saying I want to be on the PGA Tour, what what would you do? Well, he, he, not a whole lot. So 
I would probably. You really wouldn't. You 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 no. can honestly say you would be like, I like where you're coming into the ball. Let's work on. Let's just let's I, let's help that. Yeah. There's there's knowing what I know now. I mean, if we go back. 15, 10 That's years. The thing. Yeah. 10, 15 years ago, that might've been a different story, but knowing what we know now and, and you got to kind of tip your hat to science on this. Right. Now we know that there's an efficiency and a need to do some of those things right. now to lesser or greater degrees. So if that's the case, knowing what I know now, I definitely wouldn't change anything he's doing right now. If he says, I want to hit it longer, there might be some things to do to make him hit it longer without sacrificing his accuracy. Is he not that long off the tee? No, he's he's long enough. Yeah, <laughs> he's carrying two eighty five, two ninety. Right. I think people compare that, you know, to the Dustins and the Justin Thomases. Right. So that's that's on the other side of the bell curve. What is average PJ Tour carry? Um, it, it dependent. I'd say right now it's in that two eighty five to two ninety five range. That's like. That's it's funny because I think we all get a little confused about carry and and drive distance because yeah. it's so much conditional and it is you know like especially if your ball is online moving towards the target mm-hmm. those yards count more right it's it's so interesting because I mean I don't know if I carry a two eighty five I I know now that I'm thinking that's a great drive it's a great drive yeah but a few years ago I was like Ugh. yeah well yeah I want to carry three hundred five yeah we're com- we're comparing it to Roy McIlroy right right so right um, his swing. Unbelievable. What, what is I, I? I'm curious to hear your explanation of the single most unique detail of his golf swing. Well, okay. So, and, and this gets this gets a little heated on this. So, one of the interesting things about Roy McIlroy, first we have to understand is how big he is. Um, he's not that big. Yeah. Right. Five ten. Yeah. So another thing is he doesn't weigh that much. So he's not. He doesn't well, have a lot of mass. Below his pecs, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So what Rory, when he was dominating, in his dominance, and people say, well, look how stuck the guy is. The club's, like, behind him. And people are like, well, that's why he missed it. Well, it's not why he missed it. And by the way, he's number one in driving, right? So he's right. deadly accurate. And he smokes it off the tee. <laughs> smokes so, it. So I would say that everybody's saying that he's stuck. Well, maybe that's something you ought to be doing. Because our perception is starting to change over time that that's actually a condition that's good. Right. And um, the more and more that he tried not to get stuck, the more errant he is. So his sort of perceived weakness was actually... A strength. Was what it, it enforced his strength. Absolutely. What about... What do you know about his, um, uh, I guess, caused by hypermobility, his... Mm-hmm. Uh, his um, Hip pause at impact. Mm-hmm. I, I, am, what am I? What am I talking yeah, about? Yeah. So, so Rory does a couple things that are kind of interesting, and they match up. So, first off, he doesn't have a lot of hip turn at the top of his backswing. Right? Interesting. It's not a lot, but he gets a lot of compared to modern young players. Yeah, and he gets a lot of you know kind of forward bend and rotation to the right with his upper thorax. Now, for for depth, his left wrist goes into extension and starts to cup. So to, okay. to create more, you know, room to, to, to create cup. more. Yeah, it starts moving from... Oh, because then he can get a better angle on the club. Yeah. Well, because yeah. he could do that bowing, too, though. That would shorten him. So, cupping and bowing, if you're not aware, cupping is probably going to force you into hitting a cut. Well, it's when your wrist kind of bends out, and bowing is DJ. Yeah, and that, that will open your face. Now, that does, what he does is he goes from extension with that wrist and cupped, and it goes into flexion on the downswing. No way. But that's what he does. And that probably creates speed. It does, yeah. Yeah, so if he didn't do this at the top, he probably would hit it shorter. So that's the first little outlier deal. That's very. Do any players actually uh, yeah. change wrist condition throughout oh, yeah. they the all, swing? They all do. No way. Every do one I? of them. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. I mean, I mean, I'm talking into like P6. Yeah. 
Yeah, the risk is always increasing, decreasing. This it's, is a deep dive. Do you know what I P6 know. We're, is? We're already in the abyss. P6 is the moment before impact. Yeah. P7 is impact. Yeah. Position seven. Yeah. What's your favorite position? Oh, I, I mean, I think I, I think if you look at impact, that's kind of giving you everything. Really? What you did. Interesting. So what's funny is on Instagram and, and on the PGA Tour and all the great Ollie and all these great photographers, they're going to show you the top of the swing. Yeah. P4. Yeah. P7 isn't really a, a famous photo. You, well, I mean, I think for like Hogan, like you right. see the turn, you see all that kind of stuff. I, I, you know, one of the cool things is you start seeing, there was a good photo, I don't know who took it, doesn't really matter, but it had all these guys with different backswings and they're all good players. Mm -hmm. Like, so, and they're, and they're like, oh, look, you it just swing your swing. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you better be careful because you better swing your matchup. You better swing your swing that matches up to you know, like Kuchar can play and DJ can play and they are completely different at the top. Right. I get that. But what happens is I know about 80 guys today on the front of the range here that are going to swing their swing and they ain't getting better. Yeah. Because they don't know how to match everything up. How does that make you feel? Because we're here at El Dorado's a public course, a muni. Yeah. You know, um, average handicap has got to be 18. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out here. I got We got mats on the front of the range. And, yeah, yeah I'm just I'm watching guys just hitting low scooters, low duck mm -hmm. hooks. Yeah. High slices. They just want that moment of just discovery, I think. Right. And that's fine. I mean, if that's what they're looking for. Are you ever, like, take a lesson? Uh, some guys I walk up to and say, hey, look, you know, I see what you're trying to do, but you need to add this and this in order to do what you're trying to wait, do. Wait, wait, wait. Dana Dahlquist goes up to randoms on the range, oh, yeah, 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 and you just and you just do free advice. Yeah, do yeah. they? They have no idea. Well, they get a bill in the mail. They just don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's no. a big bill. Yeah. Well, now it's Venmo. It's right. faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of my due diligence to do that. So if, or at least have the discussion, right? Like, and I think guys are curious and they want that discussion. Um, I think guys also are a little bit afraid to ask for advice yeah. uh, quite often. And um, a lot of times it's uh, you're changing their perception of their reality when you have that conversation pretty quickly. And um, they go, oh, I never thought of it that way. And um, look, we're all, as golf teachers, we're all trying to do the same thing. Um, and we're trying to do, hopefully for the right reasons, we're trying to make people better. So I what's what's wrong with going up to a guy and talking to him about you know it, it's a cool thing yeah um you know i i don't think i even ever have gotten into an argument that i can remember sure. you know even doing that so it's even it's less well, you're a very uh you're a pacifist and in many ways yeah yeah <laughs> have you gotten in many fights um as of late no <laughs> no <laughs> no i have not no um no i i yeah, I would say it's kind of like the game of golf. Like, if you try to attack anything, it's going to bite you back at some degree, and why do it? Right. Right? You kind of have to let – there's going to be this yin and yang thing going on. Right. It, um, so if you're aggressive, it's, there's going to be pushback. Right. So you um, – I think a lot of listeners to the podcast are relatively new to golf, right? Mm -hmm. They, they um, you know, played for a long time and then stopped and now are getting reinvigorated – I think there's a lot of guys out there and women out there who um, are just starting out. Mm -hmm. um, I'm reflecting back sitting here with you on when I started playing golf and just how um, fertile that time was for mm -hmm. me and, and how it was like each day it was like a little bit of more of the curtain was pulled back. And, right. and like, and, you know, I would watch 
these fucking YouTube videos, like on the swing with <laughs> right. the lines, and like I would go to the range and try to do it. And I, I don't, I don't know if I could say if any part of my life was good or bad, and especially that. Like I don't, I don't know if I regret that. But there is, uh, it, it's interesting to look at my experience with lessons. And I was always pretty open to taking lessons. I always thought like, well, yeah, I want to do it right, you know. Right. And I don't know. It's just I guess what I'm getting at is many questions but like well before we get into my real question can you reflect back on when you first got into golf i mean yeah so you played from a you played almost your whole life yeah my whole life so and 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 the trajectory is different for everybody so uh, i would look just from the the golf swing end of things um and how my mind works i want to know why okay so even back then seven six five yeah yeah so i and i mean first grade yeah how did you get into golf my dad played. Your dad? Yeah. He was, was he very good? No. He was a physician. He was a great card player. A so, card player? Yeah. He, he could play gin rummy. Wait, but, did you play at a public course, private course? Um, private and public. So, okay. yeah, Virginia Country Club here in Long Beach. Grew up playing there in Rec Park and Eldo and Little Rec and you name it. Um, Hartwell. Local legend. Well, <laughs> well, what's, what's very interesting, what, what got me in, is it wasn't necessarily like lack of trying um, in, in instruction. Um, it's that I guess my golf IQ as a whole was, and I'm saying this actually to the parents of juniors, Hmm. the golf IQ is actually probably more important than the actual swing. And I think when you you interpret that, well, so yeah, I think the best example in Long Beach as of late would be somebody like a, like a Patrick Cantley. I I knew you were going to say his name. Yeah. So somebody who, who, um, has been around the right people from the get go. So like, you know, he's been around obviously his coach, Jamie but also like John Cook and Mallinger and guys locally. And I think if you have an opportunity as a parent um, to have your kids kind of groomed around those players, um, the better off you are. Right. And, um, you know, I think we try to do that as best we can as coaches. So I, if you get that, you get your golf IQ up. And that means everything, like your decision model, how you play, how, you're, how you behave is a big one well, like on the golf no course. No club drops? Well, I mean, we're not not a you know 50 yard chuck of the driver but i'm sure that happens but but just everything as a whole comes up and it comes up with your swing so and i think that's important it's not just the technical end excuse me everybody pause from the interview real quick hey sklar brothers here randy and jason and we have a couple of podcasts if you you know them or you don't know them check them out we do view from the cheap seats which is sports and comedy and we have a podcast called dumb people town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours it is hilarious check them both out and now check out this podcast i just wanted to take a minute here a very important minute to tell you about something that i have in my hands no it's not a golf ball it's not a golf club. It's not golf shoes. It's actually skincare. And uh, it's called Sun Care, folks. S O N N E. And I've got two bottles of it. And that's the only two that anyone's ever going to get for now, I guess, because I've got one that says morning and one that says evening. How simple is that? Um, check this out. I'm going to, I don't have any, I'm not reading anything. I'm literally just going off of my own personal experience designed by golfers, for golfers, and more. Check it out. I'm going to open up this bottle. Oh, my God. This is really fancy. Like, you open it up, and it's got this, like, little squeeze. I'm putting on the morning, even though, to be totally honest, it's the afternoon. Um, I'm squirting it out. It's got a nice little squirt top, so you're not going to put too much on. 
And the idea is that it is a, uh, it's a high end. Oh, it smells really good. It smells like, you know, it's good. It doesn't smell too feminine because that's one of my biggest problems. When it smells super feminine, all of a sudden I'm like, I didn't, I don't want to wear that. Um, but the main thing is it's doctor developed skincare delivered to your door. You've heard of that. It's kind of like a Dollar Shave Club or maybe Vice Golf Balls. Uh, straight to your door. It's got a unique combination, combo, two product system to protect and enhance your skin. Formulated to combat the number one cause of skin aging, which is, I don't know, it doesn't say here. I'm assuming the sun. Uh, crack cocaine. Probably, probably this doesn't work against the effects from doing hardcore drug use. Um, but basically in the morning, you prepare, you guard against the UV rays to prevent damage, dull skin, and cancer. Our highly concentrated non-irritating lotion is formulated by doctors to be amazing. I just kind of skipped through that paragraph. But basically, you've got a morning and an evening. And um, the main thing is that this is everything you need. And it's actually proven to work. So I think the one thing when I talked with Matt about this on the golf course was he said that the problem is most of the skincare companies basically just put garbage in there. And uh, this one has the opposite of garbage. It's actually got really nice stuff, and it's vegan. So go ahead and give it an order. Um, I'm pretty sure I have a code for you. There it is. www.suncare.com slash Eric. That's S-O-N-N-E-C-A-R-E. Make sure you spell it right. I'm not trying to be annoying here but or a stickler, but if you don't spell it right, you're never going to get it. Uh, you're going to get 20 bucks for both of these, which is 50% off. And, um, I think that's a pretty good deal. So if you're into skincare, which you might not be, but you, I know you have the capacity to change. Not that you have to change, but I'm giving you the opportunity to do it. Okay. Back to the interview. Thank you for your time. Suncare.com slash Eric. Bye. That reminds me of when you and I played together and I remember, um, discussing shots with you yeah. and it was things I'd never even thought of. Yeah. Like you were dividing the green up into four parts. Am I right? Um, yeah, four to three to four, depending on the size. Yeah. We, we broke the green into three to four parts and we talked never really about where the flag was. Yeah. It was always about, I mean, I guess to some extent when you get down to scoring, mm -hmm. you have to look at golf as a, as a problem of, as the, as the, the, the mindset is where's the biggest problem out here. Yeah. How can I set myself up to never get in there? Yeah, it's like an insurance company. It's risk management. <laughs> Literally, that's what it is. Yeah. So, so, well, that's an interesting topic because, you know, what, what do you think about Tin Cup? Well, yeah. So that, that okay. So the movie itself, uh, well, the movie itself is awesome. The message is awesome. I, I think the message is, is about the importance of everything. And really, living and dying on that last shot really doesn't really matter. It just shows you who you are and that you're going to go for it. And that's what got him there. That's at least my what I brought to the table. Yeah. My feeling when I had it. Um, now, obviously, there's an air of disappointment. But, you know, it's also how you think of it. You know, he can do it again. Right. Right. I mean, it, now, Kevin Costner hasn't teed it up in that movie as of late. But, like, you really have this belief, like, oh, he can do it again. He's right. good enough. Yeah. But it's not his only moment. So why not go for it? What did you, um, uh, how many times have you seen it? Oh. 
over 12. Is that one of your favorite? What's your favorite golf movie? Well, Dead Solid Perfect's awesome. Whoa, I've never seen that. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, my God, I can't wait That's to like go watch HBO it tonight. It's like an HBO movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh. Randy Quaid. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. Yeah. Everyone give me shit that I've never seen it. Yeah. yeah that's, that's so exciting. That is actually a problem. That it's a, that's the biggest problem in my swing. <laughs> right now. I haven't seen Dead Solid Perfect. <laughs> we figured out my swing. Um, so I just watched it again. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, dude, I got emotional Yeah. at the end. Yeah. Because he's like, it's like, it's so, yes, we can argue that he's afraid of winning. Mm-hmm. But I think we can actually also argue that... He is not afraid to try something that is incredibly risky, mm-hmm. and to just and to just he. Everyone's telling him no, yeah. Except for his like you know life caddy, not Romeo, but yeah, Renee Russo. I don't know, man. It just it hit me, and she was like, "Go for it." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to go for it once in a while. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you don't live life. So, in terms of. So, so th- that's an interesting part of the golf game, and that's I think what we like as fans of golf is we like people to go for it. Yeah, we want to see the great shot. We want to see them conquer. Mm-hmm. C- can you talk about from a mythological perspective how you perceive the game of golf as we watch it on television? Yeah, well, so as you know, you know you're 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 behind the scenes a lot, so you know you're not seeing. Now, it'd be really interesting. I'll just phrase it like this: It'd be interesting if they, if they only showed the guys who are bleeding, <laughs> missing the cut, yeah, right. And they're because that's where you kind of see them grind it out, right. And it'd be really cool to see that guys and, missing and mic the them up, yeah, like make them like talking to his caddy, you know, Whoa. just what's going on. Yeah. But we always see the guy who's making the clutch thirty footer, then he creates some momentum, and then boom, boom, boom. And that's, that's really interesting. It's a lot of golf right there. Well, golf is basically the red zone. Yeah, it's the NFL red zone. You're only watching the people making plays. Yeah, and so you never even heard. Well, you might hear the tiger miss the cut. Yeah, and that's actually interesting within itself. Yeah. Um, okay, so so keep going. The mythology of yeah. So you know, at, on that level, uh, I think. Everything that the greatest players that ever have played the game, I'm using Norman as an example, is he was always looking for the shot that was going to bring him back. So whether it's a holdout bunker shot, um, a good three iron over a tree to a tuck pin or whatever it was, and we want to see that. And we saw that again with Tiger Woods. So we typically didn't elevate um, our golf experience from watching proper golf. Like we would say like proper golf might be Nick Faldo, who would just, you know, stone. Zach Johnson. Yeah. So we want to see these incredible shots. Now, um, and the reason for that is, like, then that makes us go, man, you know, it's possible that I hit that shot. So the guy goes out, and I need to hit my 15-yard, you know, drawing driver, carrying it 300 yards. Like, they want to have that, you know, perception. And that's kind of sexy. Like, guys like that part of it. Um, They want to see stuff that they are not typically able to do. I mean, look at Bubba Watson's shot at the Masters where he hooked it around the trees like that. Well, that takes club head speed. Like, it's... Okay, do you swing that fast? But it's amazing to see that shot. Right. That's what we want to see. Under pressure. Yeah. Under good, pressure. That's a good song. <laughs> coming down on me. <laughs> hey, you know there's a movie coming out. What movie? The Queen movie. Oh, really? Yeah, Freddie Mercury. You're a huge music fan. You're always at a show. Go to a couple. Yeah. Do you, do you like music on the course? Um, I do, actually. Um, it has to be the right genre. I'm not going to put, like, house music on on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> A night, a night session, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, so um, 
what about um, well? First of all, you have a lesson. I don't want. I don't want you to be late for that. Seven fifty-two. Are you okay? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're in the morning. I got up at four forty-five. Wow. To get here, I mean that's not early. You get up at five a.m. You said no matter the time zone. Yeah. That's like a lot. Yeah, but uh, something changed. I don't know when, but maybe it was when I was in my thirties, where I'm just like, I'm gonna get up at five every day, have my coffee, and get the day going. Yeah. Because there's so much bullshit that you have to deal with before you even do the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I'll spend thirty to forty minutes just like fucking seeing what happened while I was asleep. Right. I got to catch up. Right. Via Twitter. <laughs> it's crazy. What did that guy say? <laughs> um, uh, what? Uh, so, I mean, you sit you sit in an interesting, probably very unusual place in the culture of golf. Maybe there's only a handful of people that are similar to you in the sense that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're at the top of your field. You work with established professionals, mm-hmm. but you also... We're here at a muni that's like kind of muddy. The grass is yeah. a little bit patchy. Yeah. You know, uh, you 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 work with anybody. You mm-hmm. give free tips. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what is that uh, an evidence of in in your like? Well, um, so yeah, so Southern California is an interesting animal. It's it's unlike kind of anything else. I think maybe Korea, South Korea might have interesting. Like, Seoul is very similar where. Um, only in this regard, where you go to driving ranges to get better and you play some golf, um, but there's a huge demographic of people that just want to hit balls because they're, they're, they're time broke, essentially. So um, it's hard for them to get out and play golf. Now, that culture... Well, has, Asia golf takes six hours. Yeah. It's, it's fucked. Yeah. And it's expensive. So yeah. now here, you know, I'm not just going to go over to Riviera and drop a membership. Like, it's expensive. Yeah. So... Um, if you are going to play, you're going to play Rancher, you're going to play Eldorado, play Rec Park, you're going to play, you know, you know, golf courses, they're in great shape, they're in good shape, they get a lot of play. Right. And um, so there's a culture of hitting balls. Now, for me, as a, as a golf instructor, the, the likelihood of me going to a private club and teaching is pretty much not going to happen. Why? Well, because there's no access for the outside people. But at Wilshire, um, anyone can come in and take a lesson. That's an that's a outlying Oh, that's an outlier. Yeah. That's not common. Yeah. Huh. That's sad. Well, yeah. Well. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> that pisses me off. Well, it, it, I, I get it. I understand. Um, but, you know, at the same, do I really need to go to someplace? Because. No. I mean, there's no. No, I love that you're here. I love. I literally, like, I look forward to walking up here and being reacquainted with. Well, my origin of golf story was I, um, you know, I play golf with my brother one day on yeah. a Friday. I fell in love after one sliced three wood into the water. The next day, I was like, can I borrow your clubs, Chris? And right. he was like, he loaned me his clubs. Then I bought a driver. And then I basically went to the Griffith driving range. Okay. And I had this perception of my future in golf that it would merely take place at the driving range. Right. I actually didn't want to play golf. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was very strange. Very commonly. That's yeah. really common. I, I wonder what that is. Is that sort of the uh, addictive name? Is this your lesson? No. I'm so paranoid that your lesson is going to show up. And no. no. Now we're good. Is it Don Cheadle? That is not Don. <laughs> not Don. <laughs> so, so I, uh, yeah, I just, I, uh, well, okay, I, I know that we have to finish soon. So what would you say, this is a hard question, mm-hmm. you can take your time. What is the greatest thing that you think golf has taught you? I, I, well, the, the game itself or just the instruction industry? 
Because that, that's a different... Um, I think the game itself, because you love to play golf. When was the last time you played golf? Well, I'd love to play it. It's always sporadically, and it's yeah. a couple holes here or there. I, right. I think what, what's very interesting as of late, okay, um, I go out and I play four holes, okay? My decision-making deteriorates quickly, right, from not playing. Your decision-making? Yeah. That's yeah. surprising me. Well, because... Um, there's too many distractions, so I don't put I don't put a precedent on um, being organized enough to okay. Well, I don't practice. I'm not playing enough, so therefore the first thing that degrades is I miss like an elevation change to a green, like something just as simple that you would never forget, or where the wind's coming, like from. adding four yards or something. Yeah, just stuff like that, and and so those are the things that first fall apart, and I think um, golf kind of teaches you that and then if you do it enough it becomes a second nature so um from a personal standpoint this is just me it could be different for everybody um and my personality gravitates towards that is if i'm just going through the flow and i've played enough golf things are more organized so it's kind of a nice cohesive way of looking at me personally now um i'm very routine based that's just who I am. Yeah, you do. You you have bulletproof coffee every morning. Yeah, just boom, boom, boom. Is your gym routine locked down? Pretty much. Yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Boom. <laughs> and you don't miss it. No. And flexibility. Even if you're at a PGA Tour stop, you'll yeah. hit it. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Yeah. That's yeah. rad. I admire that. Yeah, I still got a little muffin top. Nah, dude, you're, you're good, man. <laughs> you're just a big dude. So, um, but I think that's the cool thing about golf is you... You know, your personality on the golf course comes out, and um, you want to make sure that it makes you your best part of your personality come out. I think that's what's important. I like that. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking. I'm I'm filled with the golf bug right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly how it happened because, I mean, I love golf so much. I, I travel, but there was a part of me that just sort of fell out of, I don't feel like I'm admitting something major, but I fell out of love with the idea of like, I want to score. And I just sort of played for fun for a long time. But now all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. Well, yeah. So, and this could be different for everybody, but you, you know, that that's normal. Like you should have cycles. It's not like you're living in New York or Boston and where it's going to be snowy, cold and you can't practice. Like you have, you have a year round. I have a burden of good weather. You do. So, um, (laughs) we'll give you the leeway of it going in cycles here, but Uh, You know, I think there's some people get frustrated and then some part of that frustration, your brain doesn't want to have conflict and it just kind of puts on the back burner. And then once that kind of goes away and you try it again, you're like, oh, I'm not frustrated anymore. I'm going to go try it again. Yeah. It's like I'm calling an ex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so what's funny is uh, someone on Instagram sent me a message. Yeah. I posted a photo of my swing or a video of my swing, and they said, he, I mean, he went into it. Yeah. Like, he, w- he was like seven or eight sentences yeah. about how I was so far back in my swing. And it was funny because I had, like, multiple reactions. My first reaction was, I fuck off. I didn't ask. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm good. I'm good. But then, but then I was like, you know, I've said that myself. I do feel like I'm a little far back there. And um, so then I went to the driving range. For a, yeah. the first time in a long time, like, I started doing this thing where for the last year— I haven't even really hit the range. Right. Not even to warm up. Yeah. Like, I'll just show up to a course. I'm going to hit a cut. All right, yeah. cool. And I would actually play it pretty well for the first few holes, and then I would start thinking. Right. But, so I went to the range, and I was like, I'm going to try to take it back a little less far. 
and then I was in that place where I we've worked together for a while, you yeah. and I, and I was in that place where I was like, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I've all of a sudden. But what did it. I say about the length in your swing? I was yeah, like, you didn't care. Yeah, I was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You showed me a picture of DJ yeah. of JT. And you're like, don't, that's not the issue. Yeah. The issue is other, so can we talk about the swing a little bit? Yeah, can you, can you yeah. tell in layman's terms, the folks at home about Eric's golf swing? Yeah. So Eric's golf swing, you want the mechanical side of things? How, yeah. However you would break it down. Okay. So the first thing was a little bit in, in setup. You're really close to it. I was um, really close to the ball. Yeah. And you're not dynamically moving from the get go. So no one knows what that means. So you're not moving around <laughs> enough. You're kind of just Mr. Stable. I was basically a, a lamp post, but when you go through the golf swing, you actually want to move off the ball. Well, there's going to be some movement. So varying degrees, you're, you could or could not move. But Well, you said something interesting today about uh, keep your head still. Yeah. You said that's one of the worst things you can do. Yeah, because so, and this is something to kind of realize. When you're, and we use the analogy of throwing a, a ball. Right. Yeah. So if I was going to be in the moment on the mound throwing a ball to a, to a catcher and I want to be accurate, I would probably go into my routine, feel relaxed, rotate, and throw it. I wouldn't go into, I'm going to try to do less. Right. I might think less, but I wouldn't do less. Because keeping your head still must have some type of fix for someone who's sliding all over and, sure. and yeah, yeah, decreasing yeah. Well, yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not talking like, so for the beginner golfer, you try to kind of keep their head from going all over the place. Like right. you can just basically, that's that's a basic. Right. Um, and how to like go on their left side and finish. Like I'm, I'm not saying that, but for the, what happens after that skill set's been put in. Right. You need to learn how to move your body. Right. It's going to do several things. You're going to hit it better, create more speed, and you're not going to hurt yourself. So we implemented dynamic movement into mm-hmm. my uh, takeaway, yeah. into the swing. Yeah. Okay. Which took away the compensations of you rolling the club to the inside. Yeah. Right. Because club were, was too far inside. Yeah. So that got that fixed. So the club head was in line to your hands, and then you turned differently with your rib cage. It was less extended and left bent at the top. Yeah. So in the swing, basically to make room for this super inside club that would then get thrown outside, I was moving forward toward the target on the backside because i was also so close to the ball right and so now i'm much further away and i can actually you you had me basically turn my chest down towards my back foot that's what it felt like it felt like that but it looks like a normal golf swing right (laughs) i literally felt like i was going to pick up a piece of paper by my back foot right right and then from there you just rotate and then you also said something also counter Mm -hmm. you said feel free to bend your left elbow yeah and i was like but no 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 everyone said don't do that yeah just let it go it doesn't matter Right. Um, and then what else did we do? We, we, we picked up some yards. We picked yeah. up some, some miles per hour. Yeah. So you were like 108, 109 tops, and then we got to 113.7. That was pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if I've – it's interesting because when I started out, I could really bomb the ball. Yeah. Like I was hitting it far and – To my point. <laughs> to my point. Wait, no. Explain that. Well, so what happens is you take instruction, and it's confining. Whoa. No, it is. So you start doing these things and everything slows down. So the natural athleticism just got kicked out of your system over time. It could be a day. It could be a year. I was basically trying to, oh my God, I'm having like a real moment of realization here. I was basically going on YouTube and watching these, uh, who's the fucking guy? Like Ted DiFincenzo or something? Uh Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Uh, DiFrancisco, yeah. DiFrancisco. Yeah. By the way, those are good videos he does. He's he's a legend. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I love, so what he does is he breaks down tour players' swings, Mm -hmm. face on, down the line, and he just talks about what he likes and doesn't like. Yeah. 
I, I really was a student of his before we, you and I ever met. Yeah. And, and I really did enjoy it. But I was going to the range and basically trying to taking, it I, I bought eight puzzles and I took a piece <laughs> from each puzzle. And I was like, cool. All right. So let's get these to fit. There's Washington's head and Mona Lisa's. Let's just <laughs> smash them together. <laughs> Dude. And like it probably damaged a lot of parts of my naturally athletic yeah. baseball swing. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I'm going to call DeFrancesco. Yeah. Where is he based? He's in Canada, right, or something? Uh, Have you ever met him? I've not. It might be Massachusetts. When do people ever come up to you and they're like, "I'm a fan"? Uh, once in a while, right? Yeah, not not too often. No. It's yeah, yeah. I'm. I don't think I've maybe, and generally they're at tour events, right? You know, um, yeah. Do people ever come up to you and say, "You changed my life"? No. Really? No. If, you, yeah. you, Dana? I'm going to change my, my wife listen to this. And then, yeah, yeah, no, nobody. <laughs> no, you changed my life. Well, thank you. Yeah. No, I, I just want you to be happy. You, cha- you changed happy my swing. With your draw. You gave me four, four miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. Five. No, well, I, I think that's the whole thing is we're trying to create fun. Yeah. I mean, it's just that there's a fun factor, and that's number one. Well, what's funny is now that I'm reflecting on the changes we made. We made changes to my body. Mm-hmm. We never made a change to the club. Mm-hmm. We never made a change to any type of thought process associated with the swing. You didn't really talk about in to out. You never mentioned club path today. Yeah. All you did was move my body into a position where you went ahead and said it, grip it and rip it. Yeah. You said hit this ball as hard as you can. And I hit a dead straight. Yeah. Like like one of the best drives I've ever probably hit. And I yeah. swung as hard as I could. Yeah. Now, that to me was, that was a kind of a revelation, the idea yeah, so it just goes right back to the original thing I said after looking at your golf swing. It's you can't fix an issue with an unathletic issue. Right. And it just, once you go down that chain, it's broken. So if people listening, you know, like obviously you're, you charge uh, $875,000 an hour, yeah. which is like yeah. kind of prohibitive. Yeah, it depends on the country. <laughs> <laughs> Durham's. <laughs> How do you how do you anticipate or and maybe I don't know this? Yeah. How can you work with people who are not in your area or can't afford an in-person lesson? Well, so there's some cool stuff that I've been doing. I have like an online academy. Okay. So um, you can go online, Google it. What's uh, it called? Uh, Just Dana Dahlquist D a h l q u i s t dot com. Dana D a n a. Yeah. Dana Dahlquist Academy dot com. Dana Dahlquist Golf dot com. Dana Golf dot com. And so there's a there's a component there where you can learn, you know, the swing essentially the positions, which is part of it. On there, subscriber based program, so you subscribe to it, you can do it in a month, you can do it a year, whatever, and that kind of gives you kind of the, the the framework or the integrity of what you're trying to learn. And then there's videos on there of me demonstrating, talking about it. Now, um, also on there, there's online uh, lessons, cool. so you can do that. Um, so it's it's good because it gives, you know, and it's kind of funny. I've had in the last year, you know, a dozen guys or so um, who are on the site fly. I mean, I have a guy from England, a guy from overseas in China, and they come over and they're like, well, I watched all your videos. Doing it. And it, they did a really good job of putting it together. But it's maybe the last little piece is they're trying to do it mechanically. Right. So there's a few videos on there like I'm really trying to hit home of, look, this is a movement. You're moving. You don't think about how you walk. You're, right. You're changing your pattern of how you walk. Right. But you still got to walk. And now these guys, I'm assuming, are um, obviously wealthy, but no, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. The, no, these guys are probably 
uh, young and with aspirations of playing super competitive golf? No. Really? No, uh, of all your, say you've got 100 students, can you break them down into categories? Well, I have an interesting demographic of players. So I have a huge um, Asia population of players. Really? Yeah. So Like, like Asia- Asians living in SoCal? Overseas too, so Literally. yeah, a lot of a lot of competitive Asia tour, Korean tour, Japan tour, that um, area. I think it's just because it's the West Coast, and um, and it's interesting. Like culturally, they, uh, I wouldn't say they're more advanced, but they kind of are. They kind of know what's right. They have a they want to know what's right. It's just their their way of thinking, and um, so there's a they're they're like yeah, they appreciate. Dustin Johnson's golf swing, mm. but the reality is they kind of know like, okay, well, I want this to look good. I mean, a good example is you look at Park who won the U.S. Open last year. Mm. I mean, she's um, was it last year, year before. I don't know. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was uh, it was yes, year. yes. Um, but she's got a really technically sound golf swing, right? right? And so you see a lot of that, and so I have a huge influx from right. that demographic. Interesting. Yeah, and then you know I have a lot of mid-am players, and obviously a couple PGA Tour guys, but right. You know. Um, okay. Well, I, that's it. I, we, I, we could spend so oh, much totally. longer talking, totally. but uh, I appreciate it. Go check out Dana's site. Get better at golf. Don't quit because you suck. I like it. I like <laughs> it. I mean, it just makes sense. <laughs> Thanks, Dana. I appreciate you got it, it, brother. Bye. All right.